Okay, this is Jamison Nesbitt with the Cyber Senate, and welcome to our new webcast, The State of Cyber. I'm really pleased today to welcome Stefan Liversidge, OT subject matter expert with Fortunate, to the show, who's going to be talking to us a little bit further about zero trust access in OT. Stefan recently presented at the 10th Annual Control System Cybersecurity uh, show with the Cyber Senate in London uh, in November 2023, and Fortunate supported that show um, as our headline sponsor. So it's fantastic to have Stefan here today. Uh, OT is a growing concern for many in the manufacturing, engineering, transportation, and industrial control sectors, as we know. Uh, Stefan has an extensive background. He joined Fortinet in 2021 as a system engineer and OT subject matter expert and brings over 15 years experience in OT and cybersecurity working across design, engineering, commissioning, and consulting disciplines. He's previously worked primarily in the systems integration and end-user environments across the CNI and pharma industries, bringing insights into the challenges faced by OT owners and operators. Stefan is fortunate NSE 7 and Global Industrial Cyber Professional Certified, trained at the Sands Institute and holds an MSE of Engineering. Welcome to the show, Stefan. Thank you very much for having me back, Jameson. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Doing great. Wonderful. Well, it's good to have you. And uh, without further ado, let's kick it off. So Zero Trust is today's conversation. Um, what is the status of zero trust in the control systems marketplace? Um, we hear a lot about it. Are we seeing a lot of maturity or adoption there? Um, what, I mean, what's your take on that? Did, have we, have we met some manufacturers and control, uh, systems, uh, specialists at the show recently that, that are on the journey of zero trust or? Do we have a long way to go still? I think we still have a, a, a way to go. You know, to a certain extent, it's seen as the latest buzzword, um, you know, and maybe there's some skeptics around that, whether it's actually achievable, um, you know, T. But, you know, really the, the sort of theme around my, my presentation was that, you know, zero trust is a journey, um, you know, and it really relies on integrating a, a range of different security solutions together to, to really truly deliver um, on, on that sort of zero trust capability, um, really. So we are seeing organizations having zero trust as an aspiration, and understandably so when you look at the risks you know, that we have in OT and how we're trying to um, mitigate those, then zero trust makes a lot of sense. Um, but as always in OT, there's this fear around complexity. There's a fear around it impacting availability. And really, you know, we just need to start taking steps towards that. So as I said, integration is the key to delivering that really. So, you know, again, it's really about encouraging not buying security solutions as, you know, as a point in time sort of need, thinking more strategically around those um, acquisitions really. Uh, um, and, you know, each time we have a, a need for endpoint, for network security, for network infrastructure, do think about how those could build your uh, ZTNA and add to your ZTNA capability moving forwards. Okay. Okay, great. You guys had quite the presence at this year's conference, and I noticed there's quite a bit of kit there on your exhibition stand as well. Um, 
if if a manufacturer comes to you and they say we're they're interested in uh, zero trust and 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 ask how how they get started with this, um, what what do you and your stand personnel really really show them? I mean, is is this defense in depth also? It, is, absolutely, is it's defense in depth. But it, you know, it goes beyond that really because once we start talking about you know, when people think about defense in depth, they think about the range of controls that they need, and they think about those in isolation. So really, zero trust is about taking the, that defense in depth and adding a layer of integration to that. So where you can get threat detection of one product, you can share that threat intelligence around, or you can issue controls to start to quarantine um, those threats. Really, that's really what we want to do. We want to decrease the time to detect and decrease the time to respond. We know that malware spreads in microseconds, so we need you know, we, we can't rely on manual procedures to be able to really adequately protect our environment, um, we need to be able to set those automated responses. That sounds a really scary concept um, for a lot of people in OT. But again, through the presentation, really, it's about leveraging constructs like the Perdue model, understanding you know what the Perdue model really defines in terms of groups of assets and the type of role that they play within an OT network. So you know, do we want to, you know, quarantine a controller that sits on a layer one in the Perdue model? No, that, that probably would be a step too far. In a true zero trust architecture, yes, absolutely we could. Maybe we take some steps to, you know, put that into a sort of an emergency sort of mode where it can't communicate beyond a set of, you know, essential communications as, as one example but could we do that in, you know, a DMZ? You know, could we quarantine a device in a DMZ? The chances are, yes, you could. I mean, obviously, you need to do an impact assessment, and this is where leveraging zero trust and and, and bringing in the contextual awareness that we get from tools like network visibility tools and asset visibility tools, for example, and feeding those into a zero trust approach. So, in a DMZ, typically those assets wouldn't impact operation if they were quarantined. Um, so therefore we can go ahead and generally, you know, place those in the quarantine and it really addresses one of the key, uh, threats and risks that we talk to organizations about. They're really concerned about a threat to gaining a foothold in their corporate environment and then pivoting across into OT. So obviously inevitably, you know, if you've got a, you know, a proper DMZ, they're going to traverse with that DMZ environment that point then you can you know, prevent them from being successful in their aims by detecting and quarantining um, at that level. So, you know, is, OT, is it achievable? Is it relevant for OT? Absolutely. How do we get there? Really, we need to start with, um, you know, from a, from a 40 net perspective, really, you know, we, we, we recommend starting with a 40 gate. The core component in a 40 environment of zero trust would be a 40 gate, which also serves as your um, ZTNA uh, application gateway. So that is really you know where the sort of core of ZTNA starts. And then really then it's about endpoint. So with 40 client, with 40 client, once you can start to build that endpoint security posture checking capability into it. So you're sort of moving direct access to systems and applications behind a ZTNA proxy and you're delivering that with contextual awareness of the user and the device that, that is trying to connect to that asset or that application. So it doesn't have to be complicated. 
it doesn't have to be difficult. You expand on that capability from that point moving forwards. But, you know, if you can deliver the core of zero trust through effectively two solutions, then, you know, why wouldn't you? And even at that point, even if you've got those capabilities, you don't have to roll it out across every single application and every single system that you are access. You can do a phase migration. That's ultimately what we do in Fortin ourselves. We use ZTNA within our own environment. And we took a phased, taken a phased approach to onboard the various different applications that we have uh, internally as well. Okay. Thank you. Very thorough. Appreciate that. Um, so on your presentation on the day, you, you kind of started off, um, you know, with some, some, some areas on what is zero trust, um, what the classical approach is and what is not zero trust, which I think is quite helpful. Um, did, were there any, uh, was there any feedback from the audience that, that, you know, that was quite significant and, and do you feel, you know, that there are a lot more opportunities to really kind of almost handhold, handhold, uh, some of some industries a little bit further down the zero trust journey. I know when we worked with uh, CISA, CISA here in the United States recently, they they did a roundtable for us. You know, we really wanted to sit people down with them, some manufacturers and some energy companies down with them to look at that model. You know, and say, hey, how do you implement this? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we do work with regulatory authorities, you know, again, who are looking to understand and help organizations address the now. Um, you know, and this is where we see the requirements for, you know, those point products, those, oh, I need a firewall. Yeah, the forward gate is a next generation firewall. Um, but this is where we work with regulatory authorities to, you know, really expand um, their understanding of what the art of the possible is. Um, so, you know, again, it's sort of dotted line to my presentation last year. How do we go beyond doing the basics? Um, so, you know, in terms of the questions that, that came from the audience, they were of that sort of similar theme, really. Where do we start? Um, what does that journey look like? And, you know, fundamentally, some core components to that. Or ultimately, also, it's about integration. And integration, you know, can be achieved in a, in a range of different ways. And the beauty that we have is we integrate within Fortinet product, but we also integrate within third parties. Now, I do know other organizations that we've spoken to that have said, yeah, we recognize this challenge to be able to deliver these capabilities that we want, like rapid threat containment, like zero trust, we need to integrate those solutions. We've got a range of different products. We've got a history of buying best of breed, and we recognize that. So what we did is we committed significant resources into building a dev team um, and, and using that to, to effectively use the API calls and build the custom integration platform. That's great if you've got the resources to be able to do that. Um, you know, Unfortunately, many of our customers don't. And are looking for pre-built integrations, which you know that platform approach is really what it buys into that sort of Gartner uh, cybersecurity mesh architecture approach, and really that's why they're pushing that. So you know, us working with regulators, us working with customers, and you know other bodies like Gartner also um, really promoting that approach to, that will help drive zero trust. Okay. I was going to ask you how vendors could help progress zero trust, but I think you just answered that question. <laughs> uh, 
there's a there's a slide on here I thought maybe we might want to address as well. Um, I'm not going to show it on the video, but um, it's it's addressing the myths and perceived challenges of zero trust. Could you yep. take us down that journey a little bit? What yeah, are, what are uh, those myths and challenges I mean, that? Yeah, I, we have you know again when, when we talk to customers, zero trust is that aspiration. Um, you know, the view that yes, it's got to be this sort of um, big bank um, kind of approach really is, is what puts people off. You know, they're going to have to re-architect the networks. They're going to have to add complexity. And you know, when you're dealing with teams who are already operationally constrained in terms of the cybersecurity resources they've got, that's a big sort of factor um, that, that impacts their decision. Now, again, the sort of what we try to convey in the presentation that it doesn't have to be this scary big bang approach. You can do some of the things that you're already doing and apply zero trust concepts to it. So deploy your firewall, you deploy some endpoint, you're already there capable of delivering zero trust. Um, you can then just use those zero trust tags in effectively the same way that you're doing as a, as a firewall policy. So it's not such a huge shift from what you're doing now. You're just using some additional tools to give you better context and make more granular decisions. The the the, the sort of I've worked in organizations that have tried to achieve that that same level of granularity but using those classical approaches, using lots and lots of VLANs to you know create create you know very small zones um in that sort of six two four four three zones conduits concept. Absolutely you can see the reason why they do that. But also to manage and maintain that environment is is incredibly, uh, uh, you know, resource intensive. So this is where you know cybersecurity. Yeah, you can see why people are going down that granular segmentation approach, but also you can see why certain organisations would have challenges to that. So doesn't necessarily just because you're using this technology doesn't need to, doesn't need to mean that it's more complex. It just helps you more easily achieve some of the things that um, a lot of organizations are striving towards anyway. Okay. And I guess there's a perception that it relates only to remote access, only works in the cloud. I see you've listed here as well. And these are not true. No, absolutely. You know, I mean, it, one of the really, really strong use cases for um, ZTNA is... Um, IT accessing OT, you know, why wouldn't you want to have, you know, device security posture checking um, for IT users, checking that they've not got malware before they're accessing, you know, um, you know maybe it is an engineering workstation or, or something like that, or even, you know, using jump hosts or RDP sessions. You know, we see this commonly when we're doing um, uh, sort of, hardening exercises with, with customers or, or firewall policy reviews. And obviously RDP is a massive hole and a threat actor who discovers that would be looking to, to very definitely exploit that given that we know we've got legacy issues in OT. There's a very high likelihood that that would be exploitable too. So you know, we can use ZTNA to not only mean that we remove that direct RDP access um, across the firewall 
because it'll be actually proxied through the ZTNA application gateway. Um, but we can also get more granular access to who's using that, that RDP. So that's one really good example of an internal network use for ZTNA. Another one would be um, engineers, you know, whether that is third party or whether it be engineers that are internal within the organization that may be mobile, may be visiting no, a number of plants and, and, and also visiting McDonald's and Starbucks and using open Wi-Fi and various different removable media, et cetera, all the sort of threats that we, we know are, are present in, in OT, but we struggle to deal with. Um, well, ZTNA, again, can help you, you know, determine the security status of, of that device. You know, you can't guarantee at any point in time that that, that device isn't compromised. If you can use ZTNA to give you that reassurance that it is a known, managed, clean, trusted device, Again, why, why would you want to do that? So it's not only about remote access. Yes, remote access forms part of that. It's not only about cloud. Yes, cloud does form part of that. But there's very strong use cases for using ZTNA internally within a network. Thank you, Stephen. Um, there's some use cases that you've pointed out here at the conference. Would you care to go through those a little bit for us? Um yeah, absolutely. Sector. So, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, you know, what we're trying to achieve with zero trust is knowing, you know, who is on the network, what is on the network, and granular provision and access. So, you know, a core cornerstone to to ZTNA is around that, um, you know, being able to identify the users. Once you can identify the users, then you can provision them with with um, access based on their role. Um, you know, that, that, that's sort of fundamental. The trouble is, is that how that typically has been implemented, it might not involve things like single sign-on, for example. Um, and that, you know, once you introduce, you know, MFA as part of that sort of authentication step as well, then it starts to be get, getting cumbersome in terms of uh, provisioning access and granularly provisioning access. Um, so this is, again, where ZTA not only improves security, but also improves the user experience. And that's really what we want, isn't it? We don't want we want to strongly authenticate the users, but also we don't want to you know, make their lives more difficult. So it's a bit of a sort of win-win. Um, once we start talking about what's on the network, you know, it's about how we profile those assets. So some of that can be you know using uh, Fortinet solutions like NAC, for example, but it also can be again third-party integrations. As, a core part of delivering a ZTNA capability. So we all know there are solutions out there that are great at passively profiling OT assets, you know, bringing in the sort of vulnerability status of those. We can ingest that into the platform and start to make decisions based on that. Again, do we want to contain that threat? Do we want to allow access to um, those devices given the level of severity of vulnerability, et cetera? Um, so again, you know, we can incorporate that into the platform. Um, and then we start talking about the remote access use case. Like I said, it's not the sole part of ZTNA, but it forms a significant part. We sort of covered that really with, with the sort of engineer use case internally, but if you apply that same concept externally as well, you know, we need to make sure that we allow access um, from a wide variety of locations you know, these days. And we speak to a lot of customers that you know, have a, a lot of different OEM 
uh, with vendors who manage and maintain systems within their environment. So that, that becomes really, really complex for them. But again, we can use ZTNA not only to deliver better security, but also if they're you know, accessing resources um, within the environment that could be widely distributed, and ZTNA also serves as part of that VPN replacement technology. It transparently builds the tunnels. So again, delivering better security with um, less inconvenience and less overhead to the operators. Uh, and then finally, well, yeah, that sort of really covers my, the, the sort of final use case there around, you know, ZTNA being you know, a better VPN connection. You know, we all know... <laughs> Engineers and users don't want to have to think of, oh, this application or this system lives on this site, so I need this VPN. Oh, and then if I want to access a different site, I've got to disconnect from that and go to another VPN. It's just get, it quickly gets horrible, you know, and, and VPNs, you know, we know are, are widely exploited um, for various different reasons. Um, primarily the, the vulnerabilities on the on the VPN gateway itself. Um, so ZTNA, again, security less inconvenience. I mean, you know, I guess I've said that a number of times, but you know, ultimately that that's really what we're trying to strive towards. Sure, sure. Okay. Uh we have a few more minutes here. So um just as a wrap up, Stephen, could you what is the value could you elaborate further on the zero trust access value proposition as you did at the conference? Um I mean really as we said, we know we're all striving for, you know, increased levels of granularity. It is because of the restrictions that we have on the kinds of tools we can use within OT, we, because of the restrictions on the legacy of systems and applications that we have, that's not going away anytime soon. You know, we can guarantee that the systems that we're putting in today, you know, are, aren't going to be managed and maintained from security perspective in a way that would mitigate um, the, the sort of vulnerabilities that, that will be coming, you know, on, on day two and day three and, uh, you know, and the extended life cycles that we have. So we need to have ways to shield these devices. Micro-segmentation is part of that, but we need a better way to deliver micro-segmentation. We need a better way rather than continuous password prompts. So we need to address, you know, the weak and stolen passwords. We need to address the hybrid architectures that we, that we are going to have and that we are seeing customers doing. You know, cloud is a very interesting topic in OT at the minute. It's not uh, even if just a, five years ago it was very, you know, a very much cloud averse environment. Whereas now, you know, we, we see customers uh, very much embracing cloud. So how do we how do we deliver security? within that hybrid context within OT. ZTNA helps you with that, um, as well as the complexities of where resources live and managing that. The growing attack surface that we all know is there. How do we deal with that? You know, you're maybe using tools like NAC to do that granular network provisioning, automate some of those tasks and be able to respond to threats in real time is you know is key again you know iot threat against an iot device you know that, that could allow a threat actor foothold in your network or you can use ztna to be able to detect that and quarantine that again losing an iot device 
not always, but often would just be an inconvenience rather than a fundamental uh, production outage. That's what we're trying to avoid ultimately. Um, and then sort of, you know, visibility and control of who's connecting, when they're connecting, how they're connecting, what they're connecting from, what they're connecting to. Um, you know, these are, all of those are issues that are omnipresent and have been in OT security since the dawn of time. People have just struggled to deal with it. Well, the ZTNA approach would fundamentally help address, um, uh, address those issues. Thank you, Stefan. Uh, just before we end here, uh, what does the day in life of a uh, OT subject matter expert look like for you? Busy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, the, the, the fun thing of the job is the variety. So, you know, um, getting involved in um, sort of thought leadership things, you know, such, such as this, getting involved with customers on, you know, when you're addressing what they need now, but road mapping um you know what the future could like for, look like for them to get you know that's really i'm mean, really quite passionate about that really you know point in time addressing security concerns as a point in time exercise yeah you know, you're just going to be constantly drinking from the fire arrows you need to think more strategically than that so we get involved in, in, in a lot of that um as well as some of the sort of more mundane stuff around you know, firewall sizing and does the firewall meet XYZ requirements, et cetera. Um, and then labbing, you know, things up, you know, um, coming to building out, you know, um, some, some uh, wider sort of Fortinet fabric labs to articulate things like this, you know, how, what does zero trust look like in an OT environment and doing that in a, in a context of actually utilizing industrial uh, platforms such as you know, um, you know controllers by by the likes of Siemens Rockwell and and SCADA and engineering stations that you know in a similar vein Siemens Rockwells Honeywells etc. Um, so you know it just allows us to to um, help customers show that this technology is relevant um, for their their environment and actually being able to demonstrate it. Um, is is very useful for them really to to see that it's a, an applicable, appropriate technology. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Well, we're out of time. Thank you very much for joining us today. That's uh, Stephen Liversidge, an OT subject matter expert with Fortinet, joining us uh, today, talking a little bit more about zero trust. And uh, we thank you for your time and your service to keeping the lights on for the rest of society, Stefan. Thanks a lot, Emerson. Great as always. Appreciate it. Take care.